When the bus nears the downtown Los Angeles terminal, I awake with my head on my neighbor's shoulder. I lift my head in surprise when I groggily realize I don't know this man, and I struggle for a moment to remember exactly where I am and why I'm here. As the haziness fades, the details take form once again, sleepily arranging themselves in a plausible fashion. It is 1982 and I am 17 years old. I'm on a bus to Los Angeles, where I will live with my mother and her fifth husband. I haven't lived with my mother for the past five years, and I've not yet met this particular husband, though I knew the three others who came before him. I'm nervous about this transition, as her previous husbands haven't exactly been ideal men, and this is the reason I haven't been living with my mother in the first place. A girl may need her mother, but that doesn't mean she needs the men her mother needs. Another small detail is that I quite recently survived a suicide attempt. I wish this last detail would recede into the haziness from which it came. It refuses to do so, as if it has a life of its own, and has earned the right to do as it pleases. It exists within me, and hovers above me like an unwanted shade. I worry that I've doomed myself. I've attempted the greatest sin man can commit, killing the physical and leaving the spirit prematurely homeless. And I failed in the attempt. I now exist in a murky limbo, when perhaps I really shouldn't exist at all. My spirit is still in place, but perhaps it shouldn't be. I worry that my actions may have sent the wrong message to the world, to God, to the universe. I don't appreciate the gift of physical and spiritual life. I turn my head and wonder about the ability to fall so completely unconscious in sleep and life as I watch Los Angeles and her people pass by the dirty bus window. Knowing the bus ride would have taken five hours, I thank the kind stranger for allowing me to rest uninterrupted. He smiles in return, nodding briefly. I hope this act of kindness is an omen for my future in my new city. During the first week at my mother and Denny's apartment, I voraciously read most every moment I am awake. My mother has a collection of what she calls spook books, and I read one after another. The one-dimensional characters and simple storylines are about all my brain can absorb. And so, in between short meals with my mother and Denny, I read. I want nothing but to lose myself in the lives of others, fictional or not. I don't want to think about myself. I don't want to think about my past. I don't want to think about my future. I don't want to think at all. Nearly in constant sight are the terry cloth sweatbands I wear around each wrist. The patriotic red, white, and blue stripes cover the thin scabs that run along the veins on the inside of each of my wrists. When I hold the paperbacks before my eyes, I am reminded anew of my action as I catch a glimpse of a sweatband with each turn of a page. When I raise a fork or a glass of water to my mouth, I catch sight of the sweatbands. When I brush my teeth, I catch sight of the sweatbands. I remove them gently each evening and examine the wounds on my wrists. The jagged, raw scabs shrink slowly growing less noticeable a bit more each day. On the seventh night, 
I finger the tiny gray-brown scabs and imagine I can go in public without the sweatbands, if I keep my wrists turned down. It is time to engage my new city, Los Angeles, the city of angels, where I hope to turn my sins into virtues.